Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this first Sunday in Advent is taken from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, chapter 33. Listen again to verses 15 and 16. God said, In those days and at that time I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord our righteousness. So far our text, you may be seated. <clears throat> Have you found it yet? Has your hunt been successful? Did your family ooh and ah when you came home with your prize? Has it become your holiday decorating centerpiece? Have you found the perfect Christmas tree? For years, I used to take great pride in the fact that the Ludwig Christmas tree was the nicest tree in the neighborhood. And I just didn't rush into the Christmas tree lot and grab any old tree either. No, like a jeweler sorting through diamonds, every potential yuletide fur was carefully scrutinized for flaws and defects. That tree's not tall enough. That trunk isn't straight enough. That one's too fat. That one's too skinny. That one's too dry. When were these trees harvested anyway? I know I drove the salesperson crazy, but no matter, I was searching for the holiday holy grail. I had to have the perfect family Tannenbaum. But these days I'm older and wiser. I don't sweat finding that Griswold evergreen the way I used to. After many years of trying, I know that there is no such thing as the perfect Christmas tree. And the problem has to do with the branches. There always seems to be a branch or two that are out of place. One side of the tree has too many branches. The other side uh, doesn't have enough. One branch is too long, too short, or it's broken, or it's missing half its needles. This is why most people put their Christmas tree in a corner. It's the only way to hide all of the crummy branches. Perfect Christmas tree, there is no such animal. Well, in our text today, we meet God's Old Testament people, the nation of Israel, now whittled down to a single solitary tribe, the tribe of Judah. Where there once were 12, now there's only one tribe. And this, this was God's chosen people, Abraham's great nation, God's covenant people, the nation whom God had called his treasured possession and the apple of his eye. Or, for the sake of this sermon, we can think of Old Testament Israel as being God's Christmas tree people. 
And what a tree it had been back in the day, the day of King Solomon and the day of King David, a shining nation that God had placed in the center of the world's living room for all to see, a nation whom God had uh, decorated with string after string of blessings and privileges and glory and honor, a nation back in those days filled with people who loved God and believed in God and served him gladly with their whole hearts. But something happened to God's Christmas tree nation, and it wasn't something good. Over the years, God's people, God's branches, began to dry up. A blight that started at the top and worked its way down. Sinful kings, and some queens too, sinful kings forgot about the true God. Sinful kings began to worship other gods. And soon the disease spread throughout the land from branch to branch, from king to subject, from crown to trunk. In fact, during the time that Jeremiah writes this text of ours today, there wasn't much left of God's Christmas tree nation, just the branch of Judah, just the city of David, with the Babylonian army camped outside her gates with the axe poised to finish the job once and for all. Not much of God's Christmas tree people at all. Too many sinful branches that no corner could hide. But then comes our text. Then comes the moment in history when God Almighty, he has something to say to his naughty and sinful and stubborn people. And God said, I told you that this would happen. I warned you, how dare you worship other gods before me? How dare you break my commandments? How dare you wallow in your sin? for everyone to see. Now we'll see who has the last word. But that's not our text this morning. Not even close. In our text, oh, God speaks to his people, all right, but he uses words of mercy, and he uses words of hope, and he uses words of pure love. Listen to God, who says, In those days and at that time I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteousness. And all of a sudden, there's some hope, isn't there? Some hope for God's Christmas tree uh, people. God will send a new branch, a new sprig, a new seedling from King David's tree farm. No sin will blight this branch. This branch will grow to become the tree of life who brings and gives righteousness, which means not guiltiness, and forgiveness and eternal life to all who believe in his name. This branch will be Christ the Lord. Today we begin the season of Advent in our congregation. Today we begin to prepare our hearts to celebrate the fulfillment of the promise God made through Jeremiah. Today we prepare to celebrate the Christ child found in the manger, God's gift to us, because we are God's Christmas tree people 
too. Just like the folks in Jeremiah's day, you also need God's promised Savior to come into your life, come into your heart, come into your world. Just like the people in Jeremiah's day, you also wrestle with your own sinful branches, don't you? And I know because I wrestle with mine, so you have to wrestle with yours uh, as well. They exist. But just like me, You've become an expert at camouflaging those branches, haven't you? Hiding them in the corner and only leaving your best side exposed for all to see. But God bends down and peeks into your little corner, doesn't he? He sees your sin, he sees all of those unsightly uh, branches and he sees mine too. That's not good. What's to be done about it? Back in the days when I used to agonize over finding the perfect tree, I learned a trick or two along the way. Bare spots on the tree that had no branches, always a problem, but not to worry. Simply cut off an extra branch, find your cordless drill, drill a hole in the trunk of the tree next to the bare spot, insert new branch into hole, problem solved. Kind of reminds me of something called grafting. You know what grafting is? It's used primarily with fruit trees. Grafting is a technique that joins two trees into one. A wound is created in one of the trees and a part of the other tree is inserted into the wound so that each plant's tissues begin to grow together. It's, it's how horticulturists transfer the positive traits of one plant or tree to another. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because don't you see, the branches of your life were wounded by sin. You were dying. And that's why God asked his son to swap his divinity and his godness for lesser mortal human flesh. And in four weeks, when you peek into the manger you find a righteous branch, just as God predicted in the straw. This branch is perfect, it has no defects, it has no sins, and upon its boughs, it carries your sins to another branch, the branch called the cross, and there it's broken, and there the branch is dried up, and there the branch dies in your place, then it's planted in an Easter garden, and three days later, it lives again. Are you baptized? Or did the Holy Spirit bring you to faith in Jesus Christ later on in your life through God's word? No matter. On the day your faith began, Jesus Christ, the righteous branch, was grafted into your sinful life. His perfect traits were transferred to you. And now you're forgiven. And now you live for God instead of yourself. And now that Jesus Christ has joined himself to you uh, like him and with him, one day you'll live forever. Have you found it yet? 
Have you found that perfect Christmas tree? Good luck, because it just uh, doesn't exist. You're always going to find a crummy branch or two. But as you look for that holy balsam this year, remember that you are God's Christmas tree people. God's constantly replacing your sinful and unsightly branches with the perfect life of his son. That's what's going to happen at communion uh, today. You're forgiven now through faith in Christ, redeemed, transformed, restored. No more hiding in the corner for you. You can live your life in the middle of the living room, proud of what God has made you. Through his son, you can live as God's Christmas tree people. Amen. And the peace.